Happy Tuesday and welcome back to Coaching Minds podcast. Today on episode 10 of the second season, we got some really good stuff for you guys. This is our final episode of the season. We're going to take a little bit of a break into summer, doing some individual lessons, doing some team stuff, uh, talking at clinics and whatnot. So we'll have a little bit of a break uh, before we get to season three. But today we'll be talking about God's game plan for anxiety. We have some really good stuff for you. Benny, you ready to get after it? Let's get it. Welcome to the Coaching Minds Podcast, helping you overcome obstacles so you can reach and achieve more. Here are your hosts, Ben and C. So today we're going to be talking about God's game plan for anxiety. Where are we going to go with this, Benny? Let's uh, let's start off with, there's an article in the New York Times, the difference between worry, stress, and anxiety that I think really captured uh, some of those definitions pretty well. Worrying is basically what happens when your mind dwells on negative thoughts, which that's actually an important function in our lives. If I'm worried about my son falling off of the back of the couch and breaking his arm, maybe I won't let him walk across the back of the couch. But it becomes a problem when we can't turn it off and we just constantly worry about, well, what if he does this? And what if he does this? And what if this happens? And what if that happens? Just thinking worst case scenario always. Sure. Anxiety is, they described it as like a, a response to a false alarm. So from the article, they said, like, you show up at work and somebody gives you an off look. And then there's this physiological and stress response because now you're thinking to yourself, oh, no, my boss must be upset with me. My job is probably at risk. And so they described it as like there's not an actual real threat present. You're just kind of running through things in your head. But the difference between worry and anxiety is worry is really just a mental thing. It becomes anxiety when there's a physical piece to it. And so when we have kind of this fight or flight response that we've talked about before, the, the different parts of the brain, there's the thalamus, which is kind of like the switchboard. It sends the signal, hey, this is a problem. The hippocampus and amygdala figure out whether or not we are going to be afraid, and then they can actually start that fight or flight response. The hypothalamus releases some hormones that begin that fight or flight response. And really, we can even get into the the fear response. That's when the frontal and temporal lobes become active, and that's when we get into like fear or dread or irrational behavior, or you're so terrified that you're shaking and you just kind of freeze up. And some of the physical reactions, we've we've already talked about everything from your breathing rate increases to your heart rate, your mouth gets dry, and your you get butterflies in your stomach because your digestive system temporarily shuts down, your pupils dilate, your muscles tense up, you get that burst of adrenaline. And that's all anxiety, right? Mentally and physically just being worried. Right, yeah, when it becomes a mental and physical thing. And so... We've all got anxious moments and we are going to have anxious moments. And the fight or flight response is not a bad thing. If you're being chased by a bear in the woods, probably important. You need to be able to take off and run or I guess pick up a big stick and start swinging. Uh, probably not the best method. There are some times where it's not a bad deal. But when we live a constant anxious lifestyle, that's when it starts to become a problem. And just like with our athletes, Lifting and running is going to change your body. That, that's not like an opinion. If you lift weights and if you work out and if you run, there are going to be physical changes in your body. And the same is true with stress and anxiety. They're going to change 
your body. So this would be like, uh, there was someone that I've known that during this time we've been dealing with, they had become so stressed about just what was happening that they were being admitted to the hospital because there was their outlying effects that happened to their heart. There's probably a very good correlation between they had these heart issues and all of the stress that had come over them. We can see physical reactions to stress and anxiety in literally every system in your body, your nervous system, your musculoskeletal system, your respiratory, cardiovascular, literally all of them. Um, just a quick Google search of side effects of anxiety will get everything from frequent headaches, jaw clenching or pain to difficulty thinking, forgetfulness, feeling overloaded or overwhelmed, lightheaded, dizzy. I actually had a, a pretty bad anxiety attack probably about five years ago where I thought I was having a heart attack and I got out of the driver's seat and I was like, Carmen, you have to drive. We Googled the nearest hospital. And it literally was nothing more than me just being anxious and not kind of dealing with and handling some things that were going on in my life. So are these side effects, do these happen just when you have anxiety or is it, are these happening even in times when you're happy or you're not feeling stressed? No, this is really just, this is really just an anxious thing. Now, if you're living in a constant state of anxiety, then these things okay. might be present all the time, but just the side effects of when we constantly worry or we're constantly anxious about things, th those are the side effects that, that have been documented basically by science. So you're saying that it affects every part of our body, no matter uh, what system it is. So my, my big question for you then is what about, what, what does it change within your brain? So if we look at PTSD, you know, a lot of times that's been seen in cases of trauma or abuse um, or big life-changing things like what soldiers see on the battlefield. And it's basically your amygdala is on high alert and it's sounding the alarm and that part of your brain just gets used to being turned on and you can't ever turn it off and you can't ever just calm down and relax. We can see it in studies that have been done on mindfulness and people that have practiced mindfulness have a different psychological response to pain and that regions of their brain process pain differently. Somebody that's been hurt over and over and over is gonna be more susceptible to that feeling of pain. You can see in deaf people who are born and they're not able to hear that those parts of the brain that are usually responsible for processing sound get recruited by other parts of the brain so that they can actually see a little bit better. Change the actual structure of your brain. Our bodies aren't made for stress. Right. We can't uh, handle it long term. They weren't. Yeah. So they weren't created yeah, to handle it day in and day out um, constantly. So if a life of stress and anxiety was never the plan... Um, of our creator then, is that correct? Absolutely. So let, let's look at some scripture. Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30 says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I mean, very clearly, God doesn't want us living over a long period of time with stress and anxiety that's weighing down our hearts and our minds. Philippians 4, 6 through 8 starts with, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And so that verse starts out, Be anxious for nothing, for no thing. And, you know, there's always something that we want to kind of hold back and say, Well, I know, but I'm still nervous about blank. And that next part, But in everything by prayer and supplication. So what are we supposed to do? We're supposed to pray. 
Supplication is just earnest begging. We're supposed to beg God. And that next part with thanksgiving in our heart, already knowing that when we pray to him and when we ask him for these things and when we ask him to take these burdens, that he is going to take them and being thankful for that, to, to let our requests be made known to God, to ask for the things that we want and to ask for the things that we need. And then verse seven, and the peace of God, so not man's peace, not anything that we can understand, which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. And I love that part, surpasses all understanding. And in some translations, it says surpasses all human understanding. It doesn't make any sense. When we're not anxious for things and we're going to God and we're praying and we're letting our requests be made known to him, his peace, which doesn't make any sense because it's so powerful, will guard our hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. And then right after that, finally, brethren, verse eight, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue, if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. And so time and time again, we're told not to worry and we're told not to be afraid. We're not supposed to live constant state of anxiety because our bodies physically and mentally can't sustain that over a long period of time. And so 2000 years ago, God wrote down, Hey, here's a blueprint. Here's a game plan, if you will, of how you deal with these things. And Matthew 6, 25 through 32 says, Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life. Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns. And yet your heavenly father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all of these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. So he covers a whole bunch of stuff there about clothes. And, you know, He's not just talking about only your clothes or what are you going to eat. Uh, but we love to say, but God, I'm, I'm worried about, you know, fill in the blank. Sure. What about this issue? Right. And, you know, at the, at the time, thinking back to the group that he was talking to 2,000 years ago, clothing was absolutely more of a worry than, than it is today. Food, clean water, like those were things that people 2,000 years ago worried about. And so maybe we fill in those blanks with, well, but I'm worried about getting this you know, virus. I need to get so many, I need to get so many likes on a post or something like, sure. So we all have that thing. We all have that one thing that we maybe worry about more than anything else. Maybe it's our kids. Maybe in this time it's getting sick. Maybe it's our jobs. Maybe it's our future, whatever it is that we fill in that blank with, with the, the God, I'm just worried about blank. He wants to remind us, Back in verse 33, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Seek after him and the things of the kingdom of God and focus on things that are true, noble, just, pure, of good report, things that have virtue, things that are praiseworthy. I'm not saying that you shouldn't ever watch the news, but I am saying maybe you don't need to listen to all those things 24 hours a day if they're not true, noble, just, pure. And then I love the second part of verse 33. After the seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. 
It doesn't say, hey, worry about whether or not you're going to get sick. That's how you're going to fix it. It says, seek after me, chase after me, pray to me, humbly beg to me, and I will take care of all of these things. And if you remember a few episodes back, Tavio spoke on how worrying about these different things actually it, it physically weakens your immune system and then it's going to give you a greater chance of getting some sort of sickness. So whatever that whatever that blank is, you know, if I if I had to kind of come up with my my own new Ben Carnes translation version, maybe that verse would say, focus on how big God is, how powerful he is, realize the entire universe including all your problems are in his hands. And all the rest of that junk swirling around in your mind will start to fade away. Your problems won't go away. They just look smaller compared side by side to the all-powerful God that we serve. Seek him, pray without ceasing, and he will take care of whatever that is that you put in that blank and free you from living in anxiety. So I know this fits well into uh, the big piece we talk about here on the Coaching Minds, which is the focus cycle. Uh, So let's go through each of those parts and where God's game plan fits in with them. Sure. So the the first one, you know, what, what is it that you're focused on? Is it an event, person, your kids, your job, what could happen, what did happen? And instead of focusing on those things, Let's focus on God. Let's focus on God's word. Let's focus on God's calling. Let's focus on God's direction. Him just knowing he's in control, right? We might think that there's no way he could be, but he actually has a plan. Instead of listening to that voice in the back of your mind say, I just, I don't know if I can do this or what if blank happens or how much more of this can I take? Replace that with just self-talk. Just start pulling out scripture. That's what Jesus did when he was in the desert and he was tempted by Satan. Whenever Satan was trying to put that negative self-talk into his mind and say, well, why don't you do this? What was Jesus's response? He responded right back with God's word. He responded right back with scripture. And so maybe yours is just, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. A quick search is going to, a quick search on Google of Bible verses dealing with anxiety will give you a whole list of them. Or maybe one of the ones that we talked about earlier in the episode. It's kind of like your go-to statement, your your go-to verse. So then how about what what it does and how it affects your body? So obviously heart rate, adrenaline, muscle tension, burnout, those are all things that stress, anxiety, living in that constant state of worry can, can really put on us breathing doing the forced muscular relaxation while we're meditating on God's word, while we're thinking about that's what we're focused on. That's what we're saying to ourselves. We're taking a deep breath. So now instead of emotionally feeling anxious, worried, scared, terrified, we can feel calm and we can feel confident and we can feel in control knowing that we're not in control, but God is in control. And that's where that peace that surpasses human understanding that The piece that doesn't even make sense that I can't even describe to you because you wouldn't believe it unless you experienced it. That's where that comes from. So if any of this is something that you would like some more information about, please reach out. We would love to chat with you. So like we said at the beginning, this will be the last episode for season two. Uh, There will be a couple bonus episodes that are launched over the summer. We're going to be talking at some different clinics. Uh, We're going to be doing some workshops, working with teams and individuals. If you are interested in working with us one-on-one, whether that's in person um, on the north side of Indianapolis, 
or you're interested in having us come to you, speak with your team or your group, please reach out. That's absolutely something that we can get set up as things start to open back up here this summer. And we'll make sure that that's all done in a safe way and in accordance with local laws and recommendations from the government. Also coming out later this week will be more information about AIQ, which is our new virtual training tool. We've taken what we know from science and research about what separates elite athletes from their competition, and we put together six modules that are designed to help you gain an edge over your opponent. If you're not doing so already, be sure to follow us on social media at MentalTRPlan so that you can stay up to date on the AIQ release as well as some of the bonus episodes that will be launched throughout the summer. If you guys have topics that you want to learn more about or you've got things that you want us to cover, please don't be afraid to reach out. We'd love to hear from you guys. Our contact information is on the website, MentalTrainingPlan.com. And we absolutely look forward to getting out and seeing some of you guys, meeting some of you guys this summer. Okay, thanks for joining us today uh, for Season 2, Episode 10, our final episode of this season. Uh, as always, especially here as we, we wrap up Season 2, we, uh, we ask you guys to leave a review, um, give us a rating um, wherever you listen to your podcast. We would really, really appreciate that. That helps us um, move up the charts and uh, people that are just curious about uh, some sort of mental training or something within that, they can see that and they see your review and then know that this is a good podcast and we'll, we'll help them out. So we encourage you guys to do so. Also go to mentaltrainingplan.com slash podcast for some more resources. And uh, we'd love to hear from you on social media with the hashtag plan and execute. And in the meantime, make your plan and put it to work.